2: Of course, you can see Mike and hear Mike at clavesonline.com. And with Michelle and Randy, we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. And our friend Mike Claiborne joins us now, as he does every Tuesday here on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Claves. How are you doing?
3: I am doing fantastic. Uh, I heard that boat show commercial, and I went to a boat show down here in Miami recently. That's the spot you want to be. Not (laughs) only do you see very expensive boats, but you see maybe the most beautiful people that you'll ever run into. It's a great and combination. I mean beautiful, if you know what I
2: mean. <laughs> I know what you mean.
0: <laughs> Clay, are you a big boat guy? I'm sorry. Are you a big uh, boat you know guy? What? Uh, yeah, I, you know I like them.
3: I just can't afford them. I mean, because they, I mean, they had like rowboats that were going for a million and a half bucks. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I've never seen anything like it. The technology, and so I was asking a buddy of mine who, who's buying one. And I said, "Well, you know, how do you have time to you know to truly enjoy an investment like this? And you know he said, "Well, you know you try and figure it out, but I don't get it. i mean that's that's just a lot. I mean, I'm serious. I didn't see a boat for under two million bucks wow. right.
2: well, the old line is claims that uh, the day you purchase a boat is the second best day of your life
3: exactly <laughs> compared to when you sell it <laughs> that's the best <laughs> <Exactly>. day <Yeah. laughs> I mean so I used to, my cousin used to have a boat down here, but when he moved. He just didn't use it enough. So I would go out all the time and go deep sea fishing and have a ball. But, you know, there's a lot that goes into one of those when you put them out on the ocean like this. is isn't like running up and down, you know, from here to Grafton or anything like that. It, this, is, <laughs> this is big stuff here. So it, it's fun, though. I got a kick out of it.
2: Hey, Clay, Michelle and I were talking earlier about Paul Goldschmidt arriving at the negotiations yesterday, and you've been around Goldie enough. He seems to be a level-headed enough guy that he could only be an advantage in a situation like this.
3: I agree with you, Randy. Uh, Yesterday, the players, before they went in to meet with the owners, were all standing on the parking lot, and they were were having their own little informal meeting. And, you know, Goldie's a very – you know, he pays attention to everything. And you could just see his presence is something that you would say to yourself, yeah, this, this could work well for both sides because he, I I think he's a pretty fair and rational person. But uh, it was interesting to see how, I guess there was 15 players. And, you know, some of them live in the area, and that's why they showed up. Um, you know, they talked for about 20 minutes, and then they all made their way in to the, uh, to the Cardinals complex. And, They were there for about five hours. I mean, so I I would hope something got accomplished. It sounds like they were moving in a better direction. I didn't hear anybody talking about how they didn't feel like they got anything accomplished. So let's keep our fingers crossed. Uh, They're going to do it again today, and uh, we'll see where we go from here.
0: Claves, hopefully we have a resolution soon, but let's pretend that it's imminent. I'm going to give you the bow tie, okay? Once baseball gets up and running... sweater, too? Of course, and the pashmina. (laughs) You you can have the entire look, the nice watch. You got it. But I'm going to uh, have you assume the John Moselec role. Once baseball gets up and running, if you were Mo, what's the first move that you would make?
3: Get a left-handed bat. Um, you got to have a left-handed bat. And I, I think what they have to do is decide... How are they going to utilize the DH? Is this going to be a person that's going to do it every day? day? Are you going to rotate it? You know, is this person going to be able to, if you give him a glove, will he go out and not get himself killed or kill somebody? Um, so you've got to make a decision on how that position is going to shake out. But it's got to be somebody left-handed. My, and then i got to find some more pitching.
2: Yeah, you got to, absolutely, you need to find a sixth, seventh starter and you need to add to that bullpen. I want to go back to the left-handed bat a little bit, though, because the Cardinals – with apparently a shortened spring training, aren't going to have nearly as much time to evaluate the likes yeah. of Gorman and Yepes and, and even Lars Knutbar that they would have had had they had a normal spring training. It seems to me if you can get a guy that has a more concrete history in a year that Waino and Yadier in their last years and you've got Goldie and Arenado in their primes, it seems to make sense to me to get a guy that you have a, pretty, a, a better feel for because of his major league history.
3: I would agree with you, Randy. Um, you know, I know everybody's, you know, lathered up to see Nolan Gorman. Um, but let's remember Nolan Gorman's never stepped up to put his foot in a major league batter's box. And all of a sudden, you want to hand him a job. And he was okay in the minors, but I don't think anybody said he set the world on fire. And, and I think what we also have to take into account is, and, and I know Kyle Schwarber's name keeps coming up, we better have a plan B and plan C. And think about some other people who might fit that fit that bill because I think Schwarber, uh, I think he's the most interesting free agent out there. Mm-hmm. Is he a guy that takes a long term deal, or is he a guy that says, you know what, I'll take two years and you know get back in line and do it again? So there, there's a lot of things that go into it, um, but I think we th- we should start thinking about players that maybe don't have the same name recognition, but maybe as serviceable in this situation.
0: So, Clayb, you're not suggesting that Albert Pujols be a name that the Cardinals might be interested in bringing back? <laughs>
3: I am not, <laughs> not suggesting Albert's not left-handed. <laughs> That's all I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody who can swing the bat from the left side.
2: And Jack Peterson uh, has think- played on winners. I think Jack Peterson's an interesting guy.
3: He is. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, you know, he's got a decent on-base percentage. And, you know, he's a guy that you can stick him out in the outfield. I don't think he'll kill anybody. Um, you know, he'd be an interesting guy to take a look at. And so I think there's a half a dozen guys that you probably have to think about. Yeah, I throw a guy in there and, and while I know they released him, this guy murders the Cardinals and that's Colin Moran. Yeah. Uh, he'd be an interesting guy to tell you. He won't cost you a lot, but I don't want to get into the situation where we're watching, you know, our money and making sure we don't overcommit. So there there are players like that you probably have to think about. Uh, in the event if a guy like Schwarber is a little too rich for your blood.
0: Claves, I want to talk a little blues hockey with you. We were just talking with Darren Pang and the Blues facing the Flyers. It reminds us back to that infamous night at Jack's Bar when they heard Gloria and the fortunes of the 2019 St. Louis Blues change. But when you think about that season and the fact that Doug Armstrong was able to move on from Mike Yo and appoint Craig Berube and, and the moves that he made to put that team together, he just had his 500th win as general manager. And the job that he's done with the St. Louis Blues to not only win a cup, but to keep this team in cup. Up contention and keep them competitive he's really done a remarkable job and you've covered st. Louis sports for a really long time there's been some stealth front office members in st. Louis sports history but I have to imagine that Doug Armstrong's right at the top
3: yeah he's in my top three uh, and you know I, and I think I give him even more credit because he's managing a salary cap you know Larry Plough did a, a great job I know people didn't like him at the end because he had to make some trades that weren't popular uh ron karan you know was just all over the place but larry but when you think about what doug armstrong has to deal with with, with the salary cap uh that that change that's a game changer i mean when when larry plow was here he could go out he had a, a good owner who had a lot of money and they could go out and spend as much money as they wanted to on whomever and it didn't affect them but in doug armstrong's case he's got to be conscious of that in the future and also, I think what's important is how he has developed a, a minor league system of, of a group of players that have been able to contribute. You think about this year especially, with COVID and everything else, virtually every player that they've called up has made a significant, legitimate contribution to the success of this team. There weren't many guys that you say, well, where he come from? <laughs> he can't help anybody. So it, it's a tribute to what he's been able to do in assembling an entire organization But I I think the the management of the cap and the way he's been able to get it done and still be competitive and not have a lot of bad contracts, you know, we've seen in other sports, and you even see in the NHL, that dead money just comes back to haunt you every time. But we haven't seen that really take its toll on the Blues like other
2: teams. A lot of great content at Claves Online at YouTube. If you check it out, you can see Mike's oh. interview with Jamal Mayers. A lot of good stuff going on there. Dan Rolfus, one of the great high school basketball coaches.
3: And Matt Rocchio with the two-man game with Rammer. Oh, it's all good. And hey, you know, one other general manager I, I have to, and I, he just passed, uh, Emil Francis. Yeah. Uh, that brief time he was in St. Louis, when you think about... Durko and Wayne Babbage and, and Brian Sutter and, and Mike Liu, all those guys he brought in. And basically, in my opinion, maybe say the St. Louis Blues because the, the Solomons had given them up. Ralston and Perrine had come in. They knew nothing about hockey. They bought the arena. And I remember those commercials, Randy. You may remember. We're going to put the check back in the check. Yep.
2: Barry Trimble, no he, pressure on the 19-year-old there.
3: He, 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 <laughs> was, he was just, I thought he was a savior. For the organization, and you know, when you think about what he's meant to the league, and I know he passed this week, uh, a delightful man. If you ever had a chance to visit with him, and uh, I, I didn't want to let the week go by without recognizing what he was able to do, and as far as what he's meant to the St. Louis Blues and certainly the National Hockey League.
2: Klaims, great to hear your voice. Thanks so much. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. I'm gonna buy a boat. See you later. <laughs> See, ya. Mike Clayborn, Klaims online on 101 ESPN.
1: Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month.
3: Learn more at GriffalsPlasma.com.